When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Sailing and Cruising the East Coast of the United States podcast. I'm Bill Amusitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we will focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we will talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting person, we'll try to get them as a guest on the show. Now, what makes this podcast a little bit interesting is that only one of us sails. That would be me, Bela. I've been sailing for over 30 years, not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising on the east coast of the United States. And I, Mike, know very little about sailing, and my sailing experiences are very limited. They might have been a little bit influenced by the very first sailing trip I took, where uh, the owners of the sailboat showed me their unsinkable dinghy, and somehow I managed to sink it. So we'll leave it at that, but obviously uh, I just ask the questions, and Bela will do his best to answer them. Hey, Mike, before we dive into this episode, uh, we need to say thank you to our supporters. You know, we do this podcast because we enjoy making every episode just for you, our listeners. And several listeners have made a monthly financial contribution to support the podcast and help defray the cost of producing these episodes. And now we ha have a Patreon page. So supporting the podcast is even easier. Just go to patreon.com forward slash sailing the east. Thanks again to all of our listeners, and a special thanks to you, our supporters. Definitely. Lots of thanks go out to the supporters. Now, Bela, it's nice to see you. And I think today on our agenda was the third part of our solo sailing series, which is only three parts. So I guess this is the finale. And we're going to talk about actually sailing solo and managing the sails, right? Yes. So today we're going to talk about tacking, jibing, uh, reducing sales, deploying sales, uh, and uh, taking sales down. So that's uh, five different topics and uh, with some new terminology. So it's going to be a little bit of an education for you, maybe, Mike. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff to sort of uh, get through here, but it's all pretty simple. Yeah. All right. Sounds like lots to do, but I'm excited. Let's go through them one at a time. So a couple of basics first. So, you know, the fundamental principle of sailing is that the sails have to be at a specific angle with respect to the wind. That's what makes the boat go forward. Uh, so, and, and the wind direction um, may be not in the direction you want to go in. So it's not kind of blowing you towards where you want to go. So uh, understanding where you want to try to get to, the direction of the wind, and the strength or the speed of the wind those are all important things. 
And uh, so if you have too much wind, you need, you want to make your sails smaller. You want to make the size of the sails smaller. Um, because if the, if you have too much sail up, uh, the boat tends to lean over a lot more, which is uncomfortable. Uh, the boat actually goes slower if it starts leaning over too much. Um, you might feel like you're going faster, but you actually go slower. It's not great for the equipment. Um, and if you want to go in the direction that the wind is coming from, then you can't go directly into the wind. You have to tack, which is means you're kind of making a zigzag path. You're going 30 degrees to the wind on, on your left. And then when you run out of space, you turn to the right and the wind is now coming 30 degrees from, from the other side. So uh, that's, that's just sort of some stuff that's going on there. Now, a south wind means the wind is coming or blowing from the south. An east wind means the wind is blowing from the east. And I always, when I talk about this, I think about the face of a clock, you know, the old fashioned clocks, the ones with the hands on them that, you know, noon or 12 is at the top and it goes one, two, three, four, five, six is at the bottom, uh, et cetera. Because it's just a, a way to sort of conceptualize and talk about the, the various things that we're going to talk about, which is wing angles, the angles of the sails, and the direction we're going in relative to the wind. So let's say the wind is coming from 12 o'clock or noon. Um, you cannot sail between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. That space that spans 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, noon, 1 and 2. You can't sail into that direction. Now, some boats can sail at 11, right? And other boats, it varies by boat. But in general, we're just going to say you can't sail between 10 and 2. So if you're trying to get to anywhere that's in, in the direction between 10 and 2, you can't go directly there. So you sort of have to sail along 10 o'clock lines for a while, let's say, like you're sailing in that direction relative to the wind. So the wind is coming from noon, but your boat is pointing to 10 o'clock. And then when you have to turn because you run out of land, or excuse me, you run out of water, uh, then you have to turn your boat now towards two o'clock and the front of the boat passes through the wind. The concept, right? The front of the boat passes through the wind. Uh, so I have to go back and forth and this zigzag back and forth the direction I want to go. And when, when I make this change from going from 10 o'clock to two o'clock, that's called, called attack or I'm tacking. So I'm moving. The wind is going from uh, coming over one side of the boat to coming over the other side of the boat. And the sails need to be moved from one side of the boat to the other side of the boat when you're doing this tack. And so there's two sails on a boat that you got to worry about. There's the main sail. The main sail's the, the big one that's attached to the mast, and it's also attached to the boom. So the bottom of the mainsail is attached to a boom and the leading edge is attached to the mast. And the mainsail pretty much takes care of itself because it's attached to a boom. So as, as I turn the boat through the wind, the, the mainsail is sort of free to swing and it will swing from one side of the boat to the other side of the boat. And it swings nice and gently because I'm, I'm passing through the wind. 
Now, the the jib, on the other hand, which is the sail in the front of the boat, that's attached to the boat by the forestay, which is a cable that runs from the top of the mast to the bow of the boat. And that's the only place that's attached. So the rest of the sail is free. The If you think of it as a triangle, but the hypotenuse is the part that's attached to the forestay, this cable that runs from the top of the boat to the bow of the boat, the, the other corner of that triangle, the loose corner, is attached to a line, the jib sheet. And that jib sheet comes back to the winch. And, and that's how you kind of control that end from flopping around. Because it's not attached to the boom. The boom one is attached, so it, it, can, it can change angles, but it, it doesn't flop around loosely. So now what I need to do is when I want to tack, let's say I'm going at, at 10 o'clock to the wind, I'm going to turn the wheel. First of all, here's what I do. Let me take a step back. Um, I'm, I'm going to get my, there's, there's a jib sheet for each side of the boat. There's a jib sheet for port and the jib sheet for starboard. So if I'm, if I'm pointing at 10 o'clock, that means the sails on the boat are going to be on the port side of the boat. So my main sail is going to be over to port slightly, and my jib will be on the port side of the boat. So my jib sheet is attached to my port winch. And that's tight. That's what's holding the sail at the proper angle to the wind. My other jib sheet is loose, but it goes around to the starboard side of the boat. And I will take that jib sheet and make sure it has one or two wraps around the starboard winch. Because that's how I'm going to pull it tight. So now what I'm going to do is when I'm ready to turn, <clears throat> what I do is I turn the wheel to the right. So I'm turning to the right now. I'm turning so the wind is was was at, I was at 10 o'clock to the wind. The wind's coming at noon. And I'm going to turn through the wind. So now the wind is still, at, still coming to me at noon, but I'm facing 2 o'clock now. And when, I'm going to do that nice and slow. And I'm, I'm going to, but not super slow. I, I got to do it fast enough. And some of this depends on how hard the wind is blowing. I have to do it fast enough so the boat doesn't lose speed. Because as I'm turning, the sails are not doing anything anymore. So I, I need to maintain my momentum. Because otherwise, I'll just get stuck there and start flopping around like a fish on the riverbank. Right? So I have to do it fast, but not super fast. So I, I make the turn. And this is, again, different for all boats, how fast you have to do this, et cetera. I make that turn and I don't even work. The, the, the mainsail will just sort of take care of itself. It will slowly flop over to the other side of the boat and it'll be fine because I'm still at approximately the same angle to the wind, but, but on the other side. So this, the mainsail sort of takes care of itself. But what I want to do is I, as I turn, I sort of get my new heading and then I lock in that heading with the autopilot. And what happens is I actually let the, the, jib, the jib backfill. And what that means is as it goes through the wind, the, the jib is going gonna, is gonna to go from being blown to the left to being blown towards the right. And since that, that line that I have holding it is still attached to it, the jib sheet's actually going to have like a, a bow in it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be blowing to the right until it comes around to the mast and then it it's backfilled. It's, let me just say it's backfilled. 
and if I was trying to go fast, I wouldn't do this, right? But this is not about going fast when you're solo sailing. This is about keeping things under control. And I, the reason I let it backfill is now once the boat is on the new heading, I can loosen that line on the port side. I can loosen the jib sheet on the port side and I can slowly, and I can bring in quickly the, the one on the starboard side. If, if I, if I don't let it backfill, if I do like, if I had more crew on the boat, I sign when I'm turning, I'm releasing that jib sheet and, and I'm quickly pulling it on the other side. But when I'm solo, I can't do that. I don't have enough hands, right? If I was an octopus, I could do this, but I only have two hands. So I let it backfill. And that was the key discovery for me was when I'm doing these, these tacks is don't worry about the jib, get the boat on the heading. And then once the boat's on the heading, then you can bring it in. Uh, because when I was, when I was, when I was doing it simultaneously, I was typically overturning the boat and I was, I was, and I was getting myself into more trouble. Yeah. So I just let it backfill. It's fine. Uh, and then I can release it and pull it in on the other side. Interesting. So now, okay, we've got turning upwind. Yep. And then you turn downwind. Yeah. Yeah. So that's called a jibe. Okay. And how are they different? Yeah. So here they're different in one, one significant way. Remember when I'm turning upwind, the bow of the boat is passing through the, the direction the wind is coming from. When the wind is blowing from behind me and I need to make a turn. So that's what a jibe is. The wind is blowing now from behind me. It's not blowing from it's it's blowing me towards where I want to go, but maybe not exactly where I want to go. <clears throat> so now the challenge is if my main sail is out to one side and the wind is pushing it now, the wind is pushing that main sail, and that's what's making us go downwind. As I turn the boat, at some point the wind is going to come to the other side of that mainsail. And when it does, it takes that mainsail and it just violently shoves it over to the other side of the boat. And that's, I've felt this before. Yes. It's called an accidental jibe. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very dangerous. Uh, yeah. You can get hit in the head, right? Really? Pe easily. People have been killed, right? Yeah. If, I mean, on my boat, my boom is high enough. I'm Higher. not going to get hit in the head, but it, it will tear things apart on your boat. It's a great way to damage things. So, the it's an accidental jibe and it's a bad bad thing you really want to prevent that so when i'm when i'm going downwind and and you do this whether you have one person the, 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 what we're doing is the same whether it's one person or not you know on attack the only difference was i let the sail backfill uh, on a jibe it's exactly the same I'm, I'm going downwind and when the first thing i do is i start pulling in the mainsail so I, I bring in the main sheet, as it's called. So now the boom is at the center of the boat. It's no longer out to one side of the boat. The boom is now at the center of the boat. Then I can make my turn. Uh, I, again, I let, the, I let the jib sort of backfill, and I bring it over to the other side. And once the jib, once I have my course, I make the turn, I get my course. Then I adjust the jib. I bring it over to the other side. And once I have the jib adjusted, then I can go and let the main sail out. So slowly. So now it's on the other side of the boat. 
and and this this works really well and again there's no difference whether you're doing it solo or you're doing it with multiple people it's just that when you're doing things solo you're doing things in series one after another and you got to think through which one you're going to do first which one you're going to do second which one you're going to do third and for me it's making the turn getting the boat on on course then getting your jib sheet your jib secured and then your main and if it's a if it's a jibe the step the important step there is bringing your main uh bringing the boom bringing your main sail and the boom to the center of the boat so when the wind catches behind it it can't go anywhere it's kind of right. secured right in the center of the boat and that's really really important and that's true whether again whether you're doing it with three people or, or you're doing it solo that's one of the steps that happen but it all happens simultaneously when you have multiple people doing it yourself that's the first step let's get that get that uh, mainsail in the center of the boat interesting so it's just a repeatable process essentially but you just got to work on that process <laughs> yeah. for your boat and stick to it again because of that risk when you're jiving of the of the boom swinging. That's right, and you got to know where things are on your boat, right? So, you know where the where your wheels are, where the lines are, where you have to run to, right? To bring my my main sheet for controlling the the position of the mainsail is on a winch at the cabin top. So I have to go, I have to leave the wheel with the wheels or at the back of the boat. I have to leave the wheel, go forward to bring that go forward. You know, five steps. Uh, to bring the, the mainsail into the center of the boat. Uh, so there is a little bit of running around. And again, each boat's different. Each boat's different. Yeah. All right. So we've got tacking, which is turning upwind. We've got jiving, which is turning downwind, right? Now, what about deploying your sails? Yeah. So um, good question. So on my boat, and uh, I have two sails. The jib, which is the forward sail. And this is very common on boats. It rolls up like a window shade. I've seen these. Yep. Right. It just rolls. Up. It's great invention. It rolls up. Uh, less common, but still pretty common, is mainsails also roll up. So the mainsail on my boat rolls up into the mast. Okay. Um, so, that, so when I when I you know I leave the dock, the sails are rolled up. I go out where there's where there's open water, and um, you know. Now, one of the things I'll say in sailing Narragansett Bay is is one of the things that took me a while to figure this stuff out. One of the reasons it took me a while to figure this stuff out is I don't have a lot of time. I'm I'm not out, you know, in the middle of the ocean where there's nothing around for miles. It's relatively narrow, so I if I'm going in a particular direction, I have maybe deploying sails, I have 10 minutes to deploy my sails because if I don't get it done in 10 minutes, the either the water's gotten too shallow <laughs> or I'm too close to land or I'm going to hit something. So, so that's another sort of thing that adds pressure to this, right? Depending upon where you're sailing, sometimes, and depending on the direction of the wind, right? It, it, sometimes when the direction of the wind is a certain way, I got 20 minutes or 30 minutes to do this. But other times I only have five or ten, so that adds a little degree of complexity to, complexity uh, to it sometimes. But when I want to when I want to deploy my sails, um, and and whether I'm doing this solo or whether we're doing with crew, I have a preferred side, and that is I want to be on what's called a starboard tack, 
So the wind is sort of coming at me at like one o'clock. And the reason for this is the sail unfolds from the mast much easier when it's coming out that way, just because of how it's rolled up inside the mask than if I was at like 11 o'clock. Okay, that it's makes just, sense. It's just and because each, you want and, it to unroll in the direction of the wind, so the wind catches it, and you're not fighting it, right? That's right, and it and it's not going over an edge when it comes out of the mast and going in the other direction, right? Right, because there's a narrow slot in the mast where it rolls up into. So in, on one way, it comes out nice and easy. If it's on the other side of the boat, booms on the other side of the boat, then it's wrapping around that edge, and there's a lot more friction. Yeah. So, you're, so right, you're using physics again here, right, right. To, uh, to, to, right. to be your friend on this, right? And depending upon, I have a Selden mask, so mast. So depending upon which manufacturer you have, they may roll up differently. But for me, I want to be sort of uh, pointing around between 1 and 2 o'clock. Okay. So then what I do is I, I put the motor uh, in, into idle and I'm going as slow as I can, but still maintain a heading. So I want to keep, keep my direction going at between one and two o'clock to the wind. Um, and, but I want to, I want to keep going forward, but as slow as possible. Autopilot on at this point or are you oh, yeah. in control? Okay. No, autopilot. On. Yep. I, I love my autopilot, mm -hmm. right? I'll, this, a lot of this stuff would be a lot harder without the autopilot. I would imagine, yeah. So, and I, I don't really have a strong preference on whether I do the mainsail first or the jib. I'm sure people have preferences on that, but for me, I haven't discovered a reason to do one versus the other. So let's do the jib. So in order to let the jib out, there's basically two lines I have to control. There's one line, uh, which is the furling line, the jib furling line, and that, as I, as I loosen that line, it allows the jib to unroll. That's what keeps it from unrolling. When that line's tight, it won't unroll anymore. As I let that line loose and give it slack, the, the drum can turn and it will let the, the jib unroll. The other one is I need to have the port jib sheet in my hand. And what I do is I take one wrap around my port winch and because that's on the port side, my jib furling line is on the starboard side. <laughs> so I'm on the starboard side of the boat I have my furling line in, in my right hand. I have my jib sheet in my left hand. The jib sheet has one wrap around the winch so I can keep a little tension on it. Um, and then what I can do is um, slowly let out the uh, furling line. And, and, and as I do that, I keep tension on the jib sheet to keep the jib from flopping around. And that works really well for me. And I, I do that, like I said, from one one side of the boat. I'm on the starboard side of the boat because that's where the furling line is. And that's the one I find that has a challenge. If the wind is blowing really hard, what I do is I have a winch there as well. And I'll take a wrap around the winch um, because that gives me a little bit of control on the furling line. Because as, as the wind gets behind the sail, I get more and more tension on it. So I... I take advantage of, um, I take advantage of the, the winches I have on the boat to help make this easier for me. Okay. That makes a ton of sense so far. I get it. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So you got that done. Bela. Okay. I got it. So we've got the jib, uh, all set. How about de deploying the mainsail? What, what happens there? Yeah. So 
the main sale, at least for me, is a bit more challenging because it has a few more variables. Um, as I said before, the, the main sale rolls up into the mast. And since it's rolling into a confined space, right, the mast only has so much space, you need to uh, roll it up snugly with sort of no wrinkles, uh, and, and both, both snugly and with no wrinkles, where the jib just sort of rolls up around itself and it's not really confined. So the jib is a lot less sort of critical. If you roll it up loosely, who cares? Um, so the challenge, the challenge with these is with the mainsail is, is sort of getting, first of all, making sure you put the mainsail away properly, because if you didn't roll it up tight and without wrinkles, it's really hard to get it unrolled because it, it tends to jam, but we'll, we'll talk about rolling it up in a second. So what, what I try to do, and let me just make a comment, the, the, the main problem that people have with these in-mast uh, rolling sails or furling sails is, is that they don't roll them up properly. And, and there's a couple things you need to, to be careful about. One is the angle of the boom. So that's where the bottom of the sail is attached. And as you can imagine, if that angle isn't, if it angles up too high or angles too low, it sort of pulls on the sail because the sail's attached to the mast. It's this right angle. So you sort of want a right angle. If it's not a right angle, uh, or depending upon how your sail was cut, it may not be a right angle. It may be a different angle. So you have to figure it out for your sail. But if you don't have that boom at the proper angle, you're going to have wrinkles when you roll up the sail, when you try to roll it up in, inside the mast. So getting that angle right is really, really important. It took me a while to sort of experiment when the wind, when there's no wind, I'd take my sail, I'd deploy my sail and I just look at it and I'd, I'd adjust the angle of the boom because it's adjustable. Um, and I would see, ah, okay, this is the proper angle. So I have no wrinkles in the sail. And then I marked that spot. So I know where that spot is. And, and I'm always make sure that when I'm deploying my sail or I'm rolling my sail up, that the boom angle is, is, in its proper position before I start rolling it. Makes sense. And that keeps it even too, right? If the angle is right. a little off, it's going to be too fat on one end or too thin on the other end. And that's how it jams up, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And Got that's it. where all the problems are with these things is they jam. And, and it all has to do with the boom angle and making sure you keep enough tension on the sail when you're rolling it up. So uh, just like the jib, uh, I need to control it when it's unrolling. So I have, I have one line that's called the outhaul, which basically pulls the sail out, right? That's probably one of the few terms that makes sense in sailing. Mm -hmm. in sailing. The only one that I could say, oh yeah, I know what that is. Right. Yeah, so that pulls the sail out. Uh, there's another line that goes around uh, a winch that's built into the mast that sort of controls uh, how fast, this, that's, the, that's the back pressure on it, right? That controls how, how fast it, you can pull it out. So there's sort of thinking about tension or back pressure on one side, preventing it from rolling out, and then the outhaul wanting to roll it out. And you're, you're trying to, to manage those two pressures or those two tensions as you're doing this. So what, what here again, I, I try to go to, as I mentioned before, I try to go to like one o'clock to the wind because then the boom is onto the port side and, and that's where I want it when I'm, when I'm deploying my sail and when I'm rolling it up. Uh, and so what I figured out here, and this took me a while, is I take my outhaul 
Uh, my boat has four winches on it. There's two back by the wheels, and those are for the jibs. And, and then there's two on the cabin top, which are kind of forward of the wheel. So um, again, I'm going at a slow idle, one o'clock to the wind. I'm in gear. I'm on autopilot. I take my outhaul and I wrap it around the winch that's right by the outhaul, which happens to be on the starboard side. And, and now I can crank the winch out. This actually is an electric winch, so I can push a button. This is the one electric winch I have on the boat. Uh, I can push a button and it'll just pull the sail right out. And while I'm doing that, I'm keeping back pressure on that other line that goes around the winch on the mast to keep back pressure on the sail so that when the wind grabs it, it just doesn't violently unroll. Got it. So I can do this with one hand. I can push the button <laughs> mm -hmm. for the outhaul and I can keep tension uh, uh, to prevent it from unrolling uncontrollably with my other hand. And there's a winch there on that side too. It's not electric. And sometimes I'll take a wrap around that winch just for some added friction. Got it. A wind speed. And this works really great. I just push the button and it'll unroll real nice uh, and easy. Uh, and I can keep back, back pressure on it with that other, other winch if need be. I can put extra pressure on it by taking a wrap or two. And this gives me a, a nice sort of deployed and controlled, uh, a, a nice controlled deployment of the sails. Because uh, that's what you want. You don't want anything coming out really fast. You don't want sails flapping around really you know, violently, et cetera, because it, it damages a lot of stuff. Neat. Lots of moving parts, but you're using the tools on your boat in your favor, essentially, to, right. again, this con controlled deployment. Uh, things are under control, right? Yep. Um, okay, let's and, talk about the reverse. Like, what about rolling the mainsail up? Yeah. And again, I can imagine if the wind's blowing, this has to be really hard. That's a, a lot of weight, right, to get back into a small space. Yeah, yeah. So th there's actually two different times when you're rolling things up. You're rolling things up completely at the end of the day, and you, you may be rolling things up partially if the wind is blowing harder than you want it and your sails are being overpowered. So, so that's called reefing the sails when you just roll them up partially. And so when a boat is designed, the, when they design the sails, they design them so the boat is in balance, which means the, the jib, which is the sail in the front, and the mainsail are working equally. And when they're working equally, meaning they're, they're being pushed by the wind at the same amount, the boat sails in a straight line. It's it's nice and balanced. If the jib is is has more wind on it, then the then the boat wants to turn uh, uh, downwind because the the because of where the, the the jib is in the forward part of the boat. If if the mainsail has too much pressure on it, then the boat wants to turn upwind. So you're trying to balance these two things. And, and so when, when the wind is blowing, you know, nice and gently, everything works great. As the wind increases, just sometimes because of the way boats are designed, you're going to start having one sail overpower the other. And now the boat is either going to have a, a, a weather helm or a lee helm, which either means it wants to turn upwind or downwind, and the boat's not balanced. So in my boat, 15 knots is where I start wanting to make the sails smaller. When the wind starts blowing at 15 knots or more, I want to reduce my sail area. And I want to reduce the sail area in the same proportions. I want to make the, 
jib sheet, if I'm going to make the jib 20% smaller, I want to make the main 20% smaller to keep the boat balanced. And on my boat, it has marks that tells you what that is. So there's, there's like a first reefing point and a second reefing point. Uh, so I don't know exactly what the proportions are, but both sails are marked. So I know if I roll up the, the jib to that first mark, and then I roll up the mainsail to the first mark on the mainsail, the sails are going to be balanced. And, and that's, if you don't have those marks, you should get them. You can figure them out pretty easy. It's a little bit of trigonometry. Uh, you're just trying to keep the areas about the same proportionally. Uh, so for me, I reef to the first mark at 15 knots. When it gets to 20 knots, then I reef to the second mark. And if it gets to 25, I take my sails down. No. Okay. And every boat is different, right? right? And, and every so boat is different. Every sailor is different. And this is what I do when I'm solo, right? When I'm out with two people or three people and we like it, you know, those rules change. But when I'm out solo, when I'm, when I see 15 knots on, on the wind meter, I'm, I'm going to my first reef. Okay. Because again, things get harder when the wind starts blowing harder. Things get more difficult, I should say, when yep. the wind is blowing hard. And okay. for rolling up, th again, this has taken me a couple of years to figure it out. And I, I use my winches to make this easier. Uh, but let's talk about rolling up the, 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 the main sail first. Okay. Okay. We'll do the main. We'll do yeah. the main sail first. Uh, so what I do with that is, again, I'm trying to sail at about two o'clock. I put the motor on and I'm sailing about one or two o'clock to the wind, which means I'm barely sailing. Because remember, the boat can't sail between like 10 and 2. Right. So the boat's pointing around 1, 1.30, uh, but I have the motor on, and the motor is keeping me at that angle. Uh, I take the outhaul, which is the line that keeps the sail out, mm -hmm. and I wrap that around my starboard jib winch. So it runs almost to the back of the boat. I take one or two wraps on it, and I hold it in my hand because I'm standing up near the cabin top because okay. that's where these lines are. I take the line that's going to roll the sail up, right? The, the one I need to pull on to roll the sail mm -hmm. up. I take one turn around the port winch because I'm just, I need to change the angle of it. Mm -hmm. Think of it as a pulley. I'm just mm -hmm. right, a right hand turn there. And I use the, the winch. I actually use the winch backwards. <laughs> mm -hmm. It turns in that direction freely. And then I take it over to the electric winch, which is on the starboard side. And I because you want to use around. that to roll the, right. the same. I want to use the Otherwise, I'm cranking it by hand. Right. And it's hard to keep it even. And right, the, the, exactly. let the let the motor be your friend. So now I can push the button, and that will start rolling up the sail. And with the outhaul line in my hand, and one wrap or sometimes two wraps around that that jib winch on the starboard side. I can keep back pressure on it to make sure it rolls it up with the proper amount of tension. And it's not so there's no wrinkles and it's exactly. right. Got and it. here again, I just push the button and that works very well with one hand. The other hand, I keep tension on it. The boat's an autopilot. It's going at this angle to the wind. There's not a lot of pressure on the sails because I'm at sort of the, that, that one o'clock, one thirty, where the sails are not, not working very well or not working hard. They have very little tension on them. And I control the flopping around and the whipping of the sails by the back tension. So here again, this has worked worked for me very, very well. Uh, it's taken me a while to figure it out because each time I do something, I say, well, that's not working well. 
what can I do to control that? And and it, for me, the key was the outhaul around that starboard winch, and I can then can control back pressure on it. And if I don't put it around the winch, my sails are so big, I just can't hold it with my hand. I got to take advantage of the winch. And then then the other key thing was take, taking that uh, other line that's going to roll up the sail, taking that wrap backwards around my port winch, so to use it as a pulley basically to change angles, and then come around my electric winch and take advantage of that electric power to, to roll it in. And so whether I'm reefing the sails, um, i.e. making them smaller because the wind is picked up, or whether I'm rolling them up all the way, it's the same process. It just depends on when I stop. When you stop. Right. So that works really good for the mainsail. Now, onto the, onto the jib. So this one's pretty easy. Here again, I'm at 1 o'clock. I have, so the jib is out on the left-hand side of the boat. I take that port jib sheet. I wrap, it's wrapped around the winch. Uh, maybe twice so I can control it, maybe sometimes three times. And I take my furling line, my jib furling line, and I wrap that around the winch on the starboard side. I'm on the starboard side of the boat. So now with the winch handle, I can crank the the reefing line on my jib with with on the starboard winch. I can crank that with my hand while I keep back pressure on the jib so it's not flopping around uncontrollably. Because if I just let that line loose, the jib just sort of flops around crazy. And so here I can keep some back pressure on it to keep that, that little bit of control on that sail while I use the winch uh, to roll it up. And the good thing is, as these sails get smaller, both the main and the jib, as you're rolling them up, all of this gets easier, <laughs> right? Because the forces go down. Mm -hmm. And And, a couple key things for me that made this all possible. One is a lot of books talk about pointing directly into the wind when you're taking your sails down or reducing your sails. And I found when I did that, the sails flop around uncontrollably. I can't, I can't control them. So this notion of being at like one o'clock to the wind was a big discovery for me because it allowed me to keep it. And it didn't take a lot, but it allowed me to keep back pressure, whether it be on that jib or the mainsail to keep it from flopping around. Nice, just enough tight, right? To keep some just tension enough. on there. Not just so it makes it too hard, but enough, it actually makes it easier. A little, right. Here, a little bit of tension makes actually the whole process smoother. Exactly, and for my and for my boat, the sweet spot was one o'clock, one thirty. If I'm at noon, I can't control it because it's pointing too much into the wind, it's flopping around. And if I'm like at two o'clock or three o'clock, there's just too much wind pressure too much. on it, yeah. <clears throat> too much force on it. So finding that sweet spot was really important for me. So that was that was important. Number one was keeping back pressure, both on the on whether I'm rolling up the main or whether I'm rolling up the jib. And then the other one was figuring out how to utilize my winches. And and you know the notion of utilizing the power winch to to roll things up when I can for the mainsail because the mainsail is hard and heavy. And I'll tell you, the first couple of times I rolled that up manually, I was sweating. <laughs> right it's 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 a big sale and notion of using that power winch to help roll it up and then being able to to use the winch on the other side of the cabin top as the as effectively on a pulley to make that right angle turn because the way that my line comes out on the cabin top i can't run it directly from where it comes out of a a, a cam cleat over to that starboard side winch i have to have some kind of 
pulley mechanism to get it over there. And I use the winch as that pulley. Right. And but you don't want to injure, injure a shoulder or pull a muscle or anything no. like that, which can no. happen. And this is knowing when to invest. And it sounds like a power winch, right? For after your sail gets of a certain size or you're of a certain age, right? Is a right. is an important investment that, you know, each person has to make on their, that decision on their own. But having the right equipment matters, right? Yeah. And, and my boat came with that one power winch, uh, you know, as an option, I could have had all the winches be power when you bought the boat or ordered the boat, mm -hmm. uh, but they're not. But anyway, that has but the one that you've really got this well one and it, you make it work for you yes. right, in your favor. That's right. That's right. So it, it has worked out well. And again, those were the keys, right? It was that one o'clock to the wind, keeping the back pressure, also figuring out the, the boom angle for, for my mainsail, right? And I did that when there was, you know, early in the morning when there's no wind, I'd, I'd rolled it all out and I would, I would visually look at it and play with the boom angle to figure out where the right spot is. And I'd mark it and I'd make sure when I rolling it up, it's at that spot. That was really key. That keeps it nice and even and jam free, right? That's right. That's right. So yeah, so it's, it worked out well. It's taken me a couple of years to figure all this out, but I, I'm glad I can share it with other folks. And again, I'm sure your experience will be slightly different. This works for my Hunter 45 Dexalon, um, but I'm, I'm sure it'll work on other boats too. At least the principles will work. Yeah, and it's the idea of developing that process and then sticking to that process consistently again. That's right. So. And, and whether I'm solo or whether I have two or three people in a boat, I use the same processes. I may not be doing everything myself, right? I may have one person at the helm. I may have one person on, on the furling line, a different person on the back pressure line. I'm not have to, I don't have to do everything myself, but I use the same technique, whether I'm solo or whether I'm with other people. And that's kind of a cool takeaway, you know, as this is the part three of our at least planned three-part series, is that's the that's kind of a nice way to wrap this up, is you have a process that works either solo or with helpers, and then the only difference is, and you talked about this in the in the, uh, the first time uh, part of this series, was communicating effectively with those, you know, your, your deckhands. Um, so I think that's a really nice takeaway. So maybe this is a good time to wrap it up. I, Bela can't thank you enough for thinking through this and communicating it so effectively. Um, you know, for me, for a novice, I, I get it and I understand it. And I would imagine that people with a little more experience who know the terms and have done this um, can visualize it even easier. But, you know, thanks again for an informative three-part series. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, Mike. Great. Listeners, thanks for joining us. And we hope you found this interesting and thought-provoking. And as always, if you have questions about what we've discussed or suggestions for future episodes um, or even uh, future addendums to the solo sailing series, um, let us know. Shoot us an email at sailingtheeast, all one word, at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, hit that follow button on your favorite podcasting application. You know, the more subscribers we have, uh, the more we'll show up when other people search for us. Uh, or search for sailing podcast. Uh, hey, and if you know someone that would be a good guest for the show, uh, drop us a line uh, and uh, we'll contact them and see if they'd be interested in being a guest and being interviewed. Uh, hope to see you out there. You know, we're recording this here in the middle of September. Uh, sailing season is starting to wind down. Uh, I'm heading out to the boat uh, on Sunday. Actually, I'm going to be there by myself for four or five days. I'll be doing some solo sailing and starting to think about uh, putting the boat away for the winter, which uh, will be here too soon. So uh, signing off from upstate New York. See you all soon. Great. Bela from 
here in Münster, which is not the Segelboot, capital of Germany, uh, which is sailboat in Germany and German. But uh, be careful out there and have a great uh, trip and uh, hope the weather is good for your one of your last trips of the season out to see the boat. See you next time. All right. See you, Mike. Thank you.